This is Real Talk. Hi there, I'm Dr. Joylyn Maniachi, creatrix and founder of The Happiness Clinic. I'm the world's premier nerd on communication and relationship dynamics, helping make relationships easier by showing you how to get out of your way, how to get more of you in your life so that you can be happy as fuck. Hi there, it's Dr. Joylyn Maniachi and welcome to Your Power Hour. This is your time to put what's on your mind, on my mind, and we will have some real talk because real talk is far, far too, way too valuable. Let me, let me get my words straight. This is a fluff-free zone. There is no bullshit going on here. I'm always going to level with you because life is too short to just talk in cliches and fluff each other up because we need some real change because there's some just unsavory shit going on that we've all had to deal with. And one of those things is trauma. And it seems like maybe a little bit of uh, a heavy topic. But, and, and why? Thanksgiving's next week. Why aren't we having these happy talks? Because sometimes we gotta, we gotta dig into the yuck so that we can clear it out so that more happiness is available. And it's just knowing when to do that because sometimes then we even get stuck digging in and looking and looking and never actually enjoying the happy things. So it's really a balance, it's a dance. But with what some questions that have been coming in are dictating and, and seeing what a lot of people are struggling with, uh, right now, my clients and some of the questions coming from this group that it was uh, it was just ripe for this conversation. So let's have some truth about trauma. And what I'm going to be talking about because I'm a relationship coach, I'm talking more about the inter and intrapersonal trauma, generational, uh, not as much of the event specific, combat specific, although the physiological changes and the ways to deal with and, and heal them are actually the same. And so when it comes to trauma, one of the premier experts is uh, Bessel van der Kolk, who wrote The Body Keeps the Score, which is an excellent, excellent book. And he defines trauma as an event that overwhelms the central nervous system, altering the way we process and recall memories. And what I am going to impress upon you is how unfortunately common trauma is. He lists so many stats, but 71, 71% of children have had at least one form of victimization in their life. One in eight have been mistreated in some way. And he uh, wrote a report and said that child maltreatment is the single most preventable cause of mental illness. And when he's talking mental illness, he's actually talking diagnostics, but I'm talking about low self-esteem, emotional uh, dysregulation and ability to handle our emotions. Hi there, Don. Um, and it's actually a preventable cause of drug and alcohol abuse in women. And, and so, and this is coming from an event or events uh, that, that were before the age of 11. And so trauma is unfortunately common. 
And then even into adulthood, it's one in three, was it? It might be five. One in five, I think, marriages experience domestic violence within them. And that's of people who reported. So I actually believe the number to be higher. And knowing that here's your face, you can't tell what's happening behind closed doors, okay? So trauma is so freaking common. And I say this because you look at the stats, they're pretty depressing. But what I am trying to impress upon you is that here on this planet, it's more of the rule rather than the exception, but then also to stop making this what's unique about you because it is so common. So it isn't a unique thing or feature about you. And so to create and craft an identity around it or from it is actually a huge disservice to us. But what we can recognize is that it is shared. And so it is a way that we can connect and work to heal with each other together. Okay. Those are some big takeaways right there. But anytime that you use abuse and this shitty childhood as your identifier and a reason why you can never be what it is that you'd like to be, either because of the grueling details of it, the severity of it, the age of it, or for whatever reason classifies it as unable, unhealable, that's a race to the bottom. Okay, and it's total bullshit because it isn't true. Because I'm gonna say it, I had it a little bit farther down in my notes, but I'm just gonna drop the bomb on you. The truth about trauma is that it doesn't dictate your future. Your past doesn't dictate your future, okay? And it, it happened, so there's healing to be done, but it does not determine who you get to be. It might create some little funny curves and interesting shapes in your life, but take, take heart, take note that you still get to be the defining factor in how your future uh, forms, okay? So, with this being so common and a shared experience, here's a couple of, of points, is that it's hurting people that hurt people. We are generally not assholes when we're happy and feeling abundant, okay? It's when there's some form of scarcity, um, or turmoil where we feel threatened and disconnected from ourselves and from other people, that's when we lash out and hurt people and the same for those that hurt us. So what I'd like us to do is skip the blame game. Uh, my parents, actually, if you saw them, they're fairly nice people, but they kind of sucked as parents. <laughs> um, they had a lot of hurt. They had some of their own generational stuff as far as people didn't throw around the word abuse unless you were freaking like cracked open from the head, you know, and even then it might not get. So there were some things that I've heard that were totally sketchy that they lived through that they're not owning. And so it's just this hurt gets passed down. Okay, but let's just get out of the blaming them because they just passed down what they had, what they knew. Okay, this isn't to excuse them but it's just to take one layer of, of crap away because it really wasn't even about you or your worth. It's just what they had and the tools that they had available for handling their own stuff. And having kids and handling them brings up a lot of stuff. 
And so your attempts, when you direct all of your energy into understanding why it happened to you, keeps you stuck because it keeps you staring at the problem. And so that then what you do get from that is really a narrative that supports, defends, and solidifies this identification as a wounded child or a victim. Which when you're one of those and you have, that's how you get the attention and power in your life and that's how you get people to work around you, you have to keep getting victimized or stay in a powerless position. So it's really not a good position to be in to really show up powerfully and be who you would really like to be in your life. And so it's not working for us because we want to grow up. We want to be mature. We want to have self-esteem. We want to have, I don't know, feeling like a badass. All of these things and to stop passing on pain to other people because we know how bad it hurts. So these cycles have got to break and here you are, badass. The buck stops with us because we can. I'm going to tell you how, okay? So I do want to acknowledge that your shitty childhood was shitty. I'm not trying to tell you that it wasn't and that you should just reframe it and think of it uh, as a positive thing because think of how much farther along we might have been had we had the support that we needed to handle our emotions. Um, Some of us might not have rap sheets or credit card debt or uh, an alcohol abuse problem. Like, hey, it would have been nice to just not have to deal with those. So your shitty childhood, it happened. And so there might be consequences that you're still working through. You can ultimately use them to work out for you. But if nobody else says it and you need to hear it from another person, I'm sorry that it happened to you because it wasn't fair and you didn't deserve it. So don't ever hear that from me that that's what it means. But in some way, shape, or form, we did choose it. And a lot of it is because as human beings and as our souls are using this human experience, a lot of us don't change until things get to be painful enough for us to actually do something different. So this abuse might actually have been, and the trauma might actually be what finally gets that pain over the threshold for us to finally wake up and say, I'm going to do and have something else. And that is totally possible because no matter what the trauma was, what the abuse was, what the story was, who your parents were, what, where you are right now is not the final determinant of where you're going to end up and who you're going to be. You are. Your soul is determining that so that you can, because the soul is infinite and infinitely creative, to use all of your experience and package them and create whatever future it is that you'd like. And in doing that, that is how we break the generational uh, cycle of hurting people, hurting people and passing on the pain. And so this shitty childhood that you have, it is yours though to heal. It's not about making everyone else make it up to you. And so sometimes we do have to come out of this entitled wounded child energy that other people should make it right for us because that's not going to work for us because uh, it puts the power in somebody else's hands.
and we're still the ones that are getting triggered. We're still the ones having to struggle with making tough decisions. So it's really for our benefit to make these choices and heal. And again, that's how the generational patterns break. When we go about it and try to break generational patterns, we end up becoming superior assholes and thinking and then martyrs because oh, I'm doing this to break generational patterns. Like I've seen some metaphysical people um, in those circles do that. Cut the crap. Like I said, this is a BS free zone and there's no fluff here. I'm not pulling any punches. This is our shit to handle and we have to do it for us because we're here, we're matter and our lives matter. And so that's who and what we're choosing for and that's how we get to be a gift to the world and our families and past and future generations, okay? But your past does not determine your future, all right? That is the key takeaway if you get nothing else from today. But I'm gonna move on, all right? Because this trauma that you experienced, because it did happen, and again, it's not about the what it was, the story that it was, because it's not about the gruesome detail depending on what age you are and really all it takes is an event that overstimulates the central nervous system to change the way that you process and recall memories that's it hearing yelling witnessing violence are enough especially when you're little okay going from an infinite unlimited soul being shoved into a tiny confined body and then in a body that cannot reliably move or speak its, uh, in its own behalf is traumatic, okay? And so there have been some changes in your brain as a result. And it's hindering you from optimal function now, so let's look at what those are. One of them is the first is all of your survival mechanisms got way overstimulated. So you've got this little almond-shaped part in your brain, kind of like back behind your eyes, maybe down just a little bit. It's called the amygdala, and that's what some people call the reptilian brain because it's all like survival's its only function. And it does so maybe mostly through anger. Anger is, is kind of the, the flagship emotion there. And so that one got overstimulated. So if you got a lot of anger, it's because it's activating you to get the hell out of there. It's activating you to take action. That's what the, um, the function is because it's a survival uh, function. The other one that got overstimulated is your limbic system. And I believe it's like hippocampus, hypothalamus, thalamus, those ones. Those are what they call the, what do they call it the mouse brain, I think. Um, but it, it operates mostly with fear it needs a lot of soothing so that a lot of us have this overdrive and we can never be reassured enough. No matter how many times somebody tells us that they love us, we just don't believe them because our limbic system is out of whack, okay? And then there is an understimulation of the prefrontal cortex. So the gray matter here that makes us human and, and supposedly smart, it kind of got pulled offline. It didn't get the stimulation it needed. So we have a hard time maintaining perspective and rationalizing and working around our feelings, knowing that the feeling's there but taking rational action, um, knowing the feeling's there but speaking in a respectful, efficient way. Those things get harder because of that understimulation of the prefrontal cortex. 
And, and along with that, because it is part of the same, he calls it, uh, Bessel van der Kolk calls it the, the mindfulness mohawk because it's right in here in the center of your brain, like right where the hemispheres meet, that is where the body awareness and, and us knowing where our limbs are in space and what we're actually feeling in our bodies, that gets so underregulated to where a lot of us do not have a strong sense of embodiment. That's why we go up to our heads and we overthink things. And it's also partly why we don't have a really great time with boundaries because people pushing us around, well, was that really out of line? Did that really hurt that bad? I don't know. It gets confusing because our prefrontal cortex and all of our functions that way aren't uh, as good as they should be. And trauma will also mess up with the synchronizations of the hemispheres of your brain so that there, things are crossing all the time through your corpus callosum to where the information gets synchronized so that you have both um, the imagery, the tactile, the, the sensational experiential like information, but then also the linear processing, the language processing that gives it context and chronology and, and an ability to organize it. That gets, uh, way messed up and especially where the language centers definitely go offline so that it's very hard to talk about it. So not only might you be working with things that were pre-verbal so it's going to be hard to have words because you didn't have words when it happened, but then things that are, you know, from like 3 to 11 because most of these things are happening before we're 11 that it's hard to have words around them so that sometimes even talk therapy can re-trigger it because it'll just shoot you back over to all the information that you do have, which are the memories, the flashbacks, the sensations, but that you haven't been able to organize or speak of. And until there's some healing going on in the brain, you still don't have access to that. So talk therapy can be beneficial, but way later in the game. Um, let's see, what else? And then with the whole experience and the way that it affects the central nervous system and the processing and memory recall is it sort of creates incomplete loops so that your brain can kind of contextualize and organize things to us and wrap a narrative around it to a certain extent, but then there's kind of like this break and you just loop back so that you don't ever get to complete it because a lot of it might just be because it was a stunted loop. The actual event that created it, you tried to get away and couldn't because you were too small or pinned in a car. Um, you wanted to speak out, but somebody put their hand over your mouth or you were a baby and it got misinterpreted or you tried to open your mouth and no sound came out. Like something, these things can happen, but then the chemistry in your body sort of just keeps repeating that. And so there's these incomplete loops. So that's where uh, we'll get to what it takes when, when we talk about how to heal this, that he talks about completing effective action is actually one of these things. So when we're in these loops, because we're so survival motivated at that point, we are like 100% in beta brainwave patterns. So we are just, it's only about survival. We are looking outside of ourselves at our environment to see what we need to do to run away from or hit. And so everything's about outside to where we actually start to believe that it's all real threats 
when so much of what we deal with on the day-to-day -day now is perceived threats, perceived insults that actually might not be real. So that when, when we do boundaries poorly, and depending on who you're reading and who's instructing you, not for me, but, but when you're doing boundaries and you're patrolling and being hypervigilant, is anybody that that's in your survival mode? And, and it's still all about who else is doing stuff instead of what's going on inside of me to get the information. So it's just sort of, it kind of makes us process and think backwards as far as what actually needs to happen in order for us to get out of these loops and not have our past be our reference point and the repetition that determines our future, okay? So, whew. So we, because this is just so common with empaths and badasses that you are, didn't have a great growing up environment because, again, these things were generational to where it was emotionally immature uh, or unavailable or dismissive parents that were raising us because how a lot of this, because a lot of these things you can't help. Babies can't speak, they cry. And so parents do their very best to guess what it means because most people aren't trying to make your life harder. But you've got an infant brain that's processing this and depending on what you're coming in with from other experiences, past lifetimes, um, that, it, that how you're gonna internalize it, but how we end up not having every experience being traumatic is that in a normal healthy healing when trauma happens those primary caregivers are available for soothing and reassurance that we can look to them to re-establish safety for us when we cannot do it on our own but a lot of us that wasn't there because again, our parents gave us what they had available and they didn't maybe have good emotional resources. They didn't know how to handle their own shit and they were struggling with a central nervous system that was fried. And, and again, maybe emotionally immature, dismissive, absent entirely and because of what, how we've all dealt with that and, and learned is then having this enmeshment and role reversal to where parents are looking at the kids for reassurance and letting them know that they're loved, which is totally back-ass where it's okay. So again, we're taking the blame off of them because this just got passed down, but this is how the cycle continues when in a normal healthy system, you would be able to look to the primary caregiver for soothing, for eye contact, for a calm tone of voice, for clear direction, for swift and direct action to establish safety and and those because the trauma is going to happen the events funny events are going to happen um but that's how we can recalibrate to a healthy nervous system firing understand that that was just a temporary shift and come out of the survival uh brain function but for a lot of us that didn't happen, so now what we see on the news in our lives is a bunch of hurt and scared little kids running around in adult bodies, passing on what they knew, what they got to their kids. 
and we're personalizing insults and responding to perceived threats as real, we're filtering our entire life through this trauma filter, being having the fear of abandonment or rejection so that we either refuse to totally express ourselves because we don't want to put ourselves out there and make somebody mad because we're afraid we'll get abandoned or rejected, or we end up bending over backwards and becoming an insane people pleaser, totally abandoning ourselves so that other people won't abandon us. Or maybe there's a huge fear of betrayal or a sense of distrust from neglect to where then you just have this pervasive sense of mistrust in your life to where you attract untrustworthy people into your sphere or you go about it and just create an entire lone wolf experience and isolate yourself and never really let anybody in because you won't trust them. Or there's just a lot of hostility and anger because it wasn't fair, because it shouldn't have been this way, because you don't have any modeling for what to do with the anger to get it to actually resolve. And then perceiving the world as a threatening place because your sphere that was supposed to be a sanctuary and safe uh, and established though by your primary caregivers, maybe because of them was not. And so now you just think that that's how the world is. That's how it is. And then with this enmeshment and our prefrontal cortex going offline and not having good body awareness, then we have really poor boundaries and we don't know how to say, hey, that's yours, that's not mine, or ooh, that's mine, so you can't be here. We don't, and, and definitely the people around us weren't, weren't giving us that information or showing us how by doing it for themselves. So we're struggling with this now. This is, again, the rule, not the exception. And then, I'm going to take a drink because there's a lot of and thens. Can you believe it? When these things happen in early childhood, a lot of times that childhood brain will add a tag and it's always going to be this way, so why bother? There's nothing I can do to change this. And so we've got almost a double whammy to where we've got to fix those things. And, and those things are, but here's the good news, it's all healable. It is all fixable. There is nothing that actually, uh, our brain is so plastic, we can work with all of this, okay? And it's got to go because the world is hurting. You are hurting. It's time to change how we're functioning, all right? So to do that, number one, we have to be willing to give up our identity as a survivor, as a victim, as a child. Because if we're still getting attention this way and we're getting attention for bad things happening to us and we're getting attention for the past, it, you can't move on. And you get put in a powerless position because it's up to everybody else to rescue you. You don't get to step into power. So you've got to be willing to let go and even freaking blow up those identities. They're not, they were survival. They had a function, but now they're not working anymore. Okay. So it's not a wrongness that you ever had them. That's not a surprise. You needed them, but now they're not working. Okay. And we know this because our life is still kind of like eh, crunchy and we're still not surrounded by people and circumstances that are totally lifting us up. Okay. That's how we know it's time, time to change stuff. So we've got to change how we see ourselves so that we can be powerful and we have to break these patterns. Um, and again, that is not the reason to heal. We're never doing it for other people. That's gonna put us back in martyr role. That's no bueno, okay? We've gotta do it for us because this is the life I've got. 
this is what I can work with, and this is who I can work with and change. All right, nobody else. But when I choose to own this and say, I'm gonna make this story turn out different because that front half sucked, okay? And I really don't want anybody else to experience, but I'm gonna change this now. That's when we get to be a gift to the world. And we are, you are. Okay, so how? How? Bessel van der Kolk, the premier uh, authority, in, in my opinion, I think. Community, touch, safety, belonging, taking effective action. That's what he says. Now how I say it is get in the body. The body is what connects you to the present and it's what's going to move you into the future, okay? So anything you do has got to include the body and getting more awareness and appreciation for your body and do it with someone. We are not meant to process trauma on our own. In fact, if you wanna go slow, then do it that way. If you wanna go fast, get somebody else because our brains and the plasticity of our brains, especially when it comes to trauma and establishing safety, this here, another human face, which you can use yours in the mirror to some extent, but looking to other people for facial expressions and tone of voice is what signals to our brains we're okay. So get you somebody that can do this with you. I'm here, okay, I'm raising my hand. I would love to be this for you because I love you and I'm available and these are the conversations that are interesting for me, okay? I'm just gonna slide that under the table, it's right there. All right, so stimulate your mindfulness mohawk, you know, as he says. So sitting still, mindfulness meditation, doing a body scan, sort of touching in and, and practicing giving attention and awareness to each part of your body and slowly moving up. Hi, Sherry, I think you might've put that a couple seconds ago, but I'm finally seeing the comments now. Yoga can help. Um, but any kind of mindfulness-based practice that's actually uh, moving you to get into the body and tune into your felt present experience. That is important. Number two, movement and somatic release, the taking effective action. And we're just getting to this in the final week of the six-week Get Unstuck and Happy as Fuck Challenge, which will be starting again in January. So I do highly encourage you to consider that. But in the final week, we are doing the somatic release. We're actually doing the motions that got stopped. Pushing, kicking, yelling, screaming, punching. The things that you wanted and needed to do, you actually do them. And in doing them, the, uh, your nervous system changes how it's firing because it gets to complete the actions. So your, your baseline stress starts to lower. Vagal toning, because being in survival mode, you are way sympathetic nervous system dominant, so you've got to get away to stimulate the parasympathetic, the relaxation, the healing, and the vagus nerve is the biggest. That's cranial nerve 10, and it runs in the back of your throat. So stimulating that, physically stimulating that, which you can do with breath work, um, with your voice, Gargling, humming, singing, those kind of things. So vagal toning is really important. And then again, co-regulation, having another person's face and voice to use to let you know you are safe. All is well. You've got this. You're here and I'm here with you. You're not alone. We're here together. That's co-regulation and it is freaking priceless and invaluable 
in trauma healing, okay? And then there's tapping, EFT tapping or EMDR if that's available for you. And that will also change how the, the brain is firing, what's getting signaled when, and changing the way that that's happening so that it's not continuing these incomplete loops. It's actually allowing for some resolution and some calming stimulation to happen, all right? And then I could have put this with regulation, with co-regulation, but there's me and my future forward focus, okay? Because as Bessel van der Kolk, my superhero about trauma is, imagination is the key to survival, imagination. So instead of using your imagination to worry, you're using your imagination to create your future, to make your future your priority. And we did this in the six week Get Unstuck Happy As Fuck Challenge. We do it the very, very first session of a 90 day relationship remodel. We change the way you see yourself and set your priorities. So that's how you make choices. Your priorities become your reference point instead of your past. And you know where you're going and you get a sense of what it's gonna feel like when you're there so that you actually start calming the subconscious, the limbic and amygdala parts of your subconscious so that it doesn't, you don't get sabotaged and just recreate the past just so you can, for the sake of staying alive. You can actually go beyond survival, thrive as you focus on your future, okay? And I will show you how to do that step by step, holding your hands, sometimes I will show up potent AF and you will see this blonde person. Well, you see me on Power Hour, but, and I will say that is bullshit and that story's got to go and I will not entertain that with you. And then there are some times where I will say, I'm here with you, you're not alone, it's okay, you're doing great. And then there are some times I'm gonna say, if you were here, I would give you a high five because you are freaking killing it. This is awesome, you are a gift to the world and thank you for being here. I'm gonna do all of that for you. And this is what I want for you because we are the gift to the world when we get out of these patterns. We're the gift to our families that maybe is part of why we chose to come into them in the first place. I roll, God, you know, and some, you know, there's a million different ways to heal, so don't think there's just one. But you're a gift to your life and the world when you heal. And so I want to support you in that. I would absolutely love if you would message me and let's talk about working one-on-one -on -one in a 90-day relationship remodel. Like I said, the six-week Get Unstuck and Heavy Unstuck Challenge is going to start, I think, the second week of January because the first week is just, you know, come on, that's not happening. Second week of January, we're going to start. So if you want to get on the wait list, like comment below, write me a message, say, get me on the wait list. I've got to have that because uh, that won't be one-on-one -on -one per se, but there will be a supportive group and a lot of extra resources to get you, again, step-by-step -step on how to actually do these things so it's not just theory. It's not just ideas of what could be possible, it's how to actually make it real for you, okay? And then, next week is Thanksgiving, so I'm gonna put something together for Small Business Saturday, I haven't decided what, and I think I can arrange my life Fingers crossed. Part of this is up to you all right now, guys, okay? So pull for me. 
uh, that I can be available to have a power hour on Wednesday right before Thanksgiving to talk about how to be with families over the holidays so that you don't lose your shit or feel like you've backslid at all, okay? I want to be a resource for you. So do yourself a favor and message me so that we can work together because you're not meant to do this on your own and let's get you results that are fast, that last, because rhymes make it even better, okay? Oh, whew, that was a biggie, but look, we talked the truth about trauma and ended up with a smile, okay? There is so much more possible and available, and I want you to say yes to it. Thank you so much for joining me. Feel free to, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what I was going to ask. Don't feel free. Just absolutely contact me so we can get started working, okay? All right. I'm already looking forward to next week. And let's see, Julie says, I know it's not something to do on my own, and I will oh, be trying for years. But Julie, you're badass. That's why you're in the six-week challenge, and you're getting it. And it doesn't matter. You get it when you get it, and that's the important thing, okay? I love you guys madly, and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Again, fingers crossed. I'll be in touch. And until then, uh, have a great, great week. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm Dr. Joylyn Maniachi, and it's been a pleasure chatting with you. This podcast is made possible through listener support. So let's keep this thing going and have more real talk. No fluff, no bullshit. Go to the Happiness Clinic page on Facebook and you can join the group Real Talk with Dr. Joylyn Maniachi. We can continue the conversation in Power Hour, the weekly group coaching on Wednesdays at noon, Mountain Time. You can also go to ihappentothings.com. Go to the podcast page and support this podcast. While you're there, check out my blog and even get a badass t-shirt from the Happiness Clinic. We've got so many ways to connect. Thanks again for listening, and I invite you to join me again in the next episode.